0: the life that you give, God, we thank you um, for your plan and the ways that you work in this world. And I pray, God, that as we discuss and talk more about you and, uh, and how you are working, I pray that we would see uh, your hope that you bring, the hope that you bring that comes through your son, and may it bring us great joy even in the midst of our pain and in our suffering. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so we are continuing on in our series here through the book of Job, and if you're not aware, Job is a character, a person in the Bible. Uh, some scholars would say uh, maybe the oldest book that we have in the Bible, and it's a story of a guy, and uh, he goes through a bunch of pain and suffering in his time. And uh, like music, the Bible has genres, and uh, this book, the book of Job, is classified in, uh, as a book of wisdom, and the wisdom that Job provides us is how do we are walking with God in the midst of the storm. This is a story of a guy who lost much and went through much suffering, but it teaches us more about who God is and how he works in this world. Uh, there's a TED Talk uh, by this guy right here. His name's Donald Davis, a uh, very well-dressed man, as you can see. All right. Uh, he has a, a TED Talk that's entitled, How the Story Transforms the Teller. Uh, and it's a 20-minute TED Talk, uh, discussing the story of his father. He's a professional storyteller. I don't know how you get that title, but someday I want it, all right? But, but Donald goes to share the story of his dad, Joe Davis, growing up in a small town. And uh, Joe's parents uh, had owned a farm. So Joe's da- Joe Davis's life was to work on the farm with his family. But at a young age, he had a horrific accident that happened, uh, hurting his leg. And because Joe Davis is kind of a common name in a smaller town, there was ironically like three Joe Davises in this town. And Donald goes at great length to explain that his father was known as Cripple Joe in town, all right? Not a name to be known by that you would like, but, but Donald goes on to explain that because of... His ailment, this injury that happened earlier in life, that changed the trajectory of his life. Because of his injury, he wouldn't ever be able to work on the farm, so he didn't have to do the chores and things like that. But instead, he began to study more in different areas and such things. And and later on in life, as time went on, he became known in this small town as Banker Joe because he owned one of the banks. And, and Donald goes into length about talking about this transformation from cripple Joe to banker Joe. And he has this really interesting line that he says. I love this line. He says this, pain can buy you a ticket to a place that you would never have gone any other way. Pain... We'll buy you a ticket to a place that you would never have gone any other way. Think about that for a second. Our pain, our suffering, the things that we go through in life, they take us to places we wouldn't go. We don't desire to go the more painful route most of the time. In fact, we desire to go the lesser route, the easier route. But I would be even willing to say more on this, that, that pain will bring us to asking questions that we never would have asked before. Now, Donald, in his story, and, and quite frankly, in Job, in his story, when we're talking about pain, we're not talking about, like, the kind of pain, like oh, that person called me ugly on the playground, and I'm offended that you think I'm wearing too much blue today, all right? Like, that's not the kind of pain or the pain of like, man, I need to get rid of those dandelions in my yard, and they keep coming back. We're not talking about that kind of pain today. The pain that Donald was addressing and the pain that the book of Job talks about is deep pain, pain that that can't be solved by some simple, quick answer. A pain that comes in the experience of losing someone that we love. I don't know about you today, but, but maybe today, a day like Mother's Day, certainly comes with some celebration, but also comes with some, some pain. Because today's a reminder of the loss of someone that you love. A pain that is the rejection of someone that that we want approval from. Pain that results from, from a doctor coming and saying that the results were not what we were hoping them to be. See, it's in the midst of that kind of pain, more so than like dandelions and being called ugly, that... That when those times happen in our lives, we begin to look at life in a different perspective. Stop worrying about what the weather is gonna be like tomorrow, which I hope it doesn't snow again. All right. Stop worrying about the score of the game, and starts asking us some bigger questions about life and looking at the bigger picture because I believe that Donald's right. Pain can buy you a ticket to a place that you would never have gone any other way. And it's with that that we get to this guy, Job. We've been talking about him over the last couple of weeks, and we've been looking at his story and what he had experienced. And and truthfully, uh, Job is now in this place of where he is experiencing pain that is deep, a pain that leads him to a spot of confusion and anger. You ever had that kind of pain before, where it's not just something that's simple, it's something that's deeply rooted, where it's like, I don't understand why this has happened to me. And truthfully, this is like why I love the Bible, all right? Uh, just to nerd out for a second... You know, it doesn't just like get lost in these like simple little solutions. You know, of like eat bad and then you know like you think you're gonna feel good. Like no, like like this is deeply rooted stuff. And Job is gonna dive into the complexity of this kind of pain, because what we've learned of Job is that he's lost his stuff, he's lost his wealth, he's lost his family. He's even starting to lose his health. And as Mark was preaching about last week, he had three friends who came in and didn't give him a whole lot of good advice either. Job is in the midst of this moment. What in the world am I supposed to do? And I'll be honest, as we just learned from our reading today, Job is a complex text that is difficult to understand and navigate at times. But I wanna show you three specific truths that we find in Job's life in the midst of this pain that is confusion and anger, that Job brings three big questions, and it comes with three important truths. The first one is this, that we look at, is that a a truth that we have in the midst of anger in confused moments is the presence. And let me explain this a little bit here. This comes from Job 13, verses 20 and 21. Job says this. Only grant me two things. He's saying this to God. Only grant me two things. Then I will not hide myself from your face. Withdraw your hand from me and let not dread of you terrify me. Again, like I said, Job's kind of complex to understand here, so let me explain some of this. What Job is saying is that he's moved from this place, as we've already talked about, of that he's not asking the why question anymore. He's not coming to God and saying, why in the world is this happening to me? But Job now has moved to a spot of companionship. He's moved to a place of where I need your presence, God. I don't need an explanation, but what I desire and want is your presence. And this is so important to understand because as we experience suffering and pain in our lives, we need to move from like getting lost in the trivial to moving into needing the presence of God, needing his presence above and beyond everything else. And, and we know this because if you've gone through, and I'm sure you have, where you've experienced a season and time where your pain has left you confused and angry, you want people in your life who are going to be present. When suffering comes, the last thing you need is somebody to try to come in and explain all the angles of how you got into this spot. Like, thanks. I, that's not what I needed right now. And, and truthfully, I found that more so people in that time will talk about, well, you know the reason that so-and-so is there because of X, Y, Z. Like, like, no, this isn't what we need in this moment. See, trying to go into great detail in the why can lead us into a place of what we don't ultimately need as people. I love how uh, this guy says it, Joseph Bailey, he has this great quote. He says, if you're not suffering, if you're actually having a nice life, then suffering is an intellectual puzzle. Why does God allow evil and suffering in the world? See, it's all academic. If you're not in that place, the tendency for us is to try to make it into this academic exercise. But the experience of suffering is not basically an intellectual puzzle, it's a journey. Think about that for a second. The suffering that we go through isn't this intellectual puzzle. It's not like trying to solve, like how do we get a human on Mars? That's not what it's like. Instead, what it's like is a journey. In fact, I would say it's more like, how do I get over the mountain pass? That when I'm in the midst of suffering, and it's not some answer that I've got to come to intellectually understand, it's how do I get to the next place? Just run with me for a second with this metaphor, that if the problem is, how do I get over the mountain, the first thing, you're going to need a couple of things, but the first thing I need is probably a map, right? But a map in and of itself doesn't really help me get over the mountain. Ever been there before where I know how to do this, but I don't got the strength to do it, right? So it's not only that I need a map, but I need the strength to go and do that very thing And then in the best circumstance, I also need someone to show me the way. And this this is exactly what Job is teaching us today. He's saying, God, I need your presence here. I need that in the midst of my suffering. I need you to be here. With me. And and intangibly speaking, I think that this is like what the church is supposed to be. The church is supposed to be tangibly the hands and feet of Jesus, if you've heard that terminology before, towards each other. That when a community operates, a church in its best way, it is willing to be present in the lives of others, not getting lost in the trivial and trying to explain the ways of God, but being present, walking with you in the midst of that suffering. Because it's not just a map that we need. We need strength, and we need somebody to show us the way. Now, you might be saying, all right, thanks, Pastor Dave. I don't know what kind of drugs you're on, but but God and being present, like, do you have a different set of lens that you can see God? Because if so, I'd love to have that kind of thing, right? I don't know about you, but when you hear a talk about God being present, it, it kind of feels like God's actually at a distance at times. Like I can't like actually see the almighty God present here with me. And, and I, I get that. I, I totally understand that. I don't think Job all of a sudden had this like figure that was just all of a sudden with him. But, but I would say this in regards to the presence of God. Two quick things. Number one, that, that Christianity, unlike any other religion, says that when suffering and pain comes into the world, our God didn't just stay at a distance and like say, I'm gonna give you 10 steps of how you need to overcome this. Instead, what our God did is he took on flesh. His name was Jesus. And thousands of years ago, he took on this flesh and he came into our world. He entered into this place and took our pain for all of time and he put it on himself. It's why he went to the cross. And it's also why he would rise again from the dead. That is unique to any other religion that God would take pain and suffering and be present in it. But the second thing I would say is this, is that Jesus, if we were to continue with the metaphor of the mountain pass, Jesus is the only one who's able to climb the mountain pass. You can have a ton of people come visit you in the hospital. You can have all the support and people around you in moments of suffering, but truthfully, they don't have the strength to overcome suffering and pain in this world. And that might sound really bleak, but it just shows us that we have to be connected to the one who has conquered sin, death, pain and suffering. And his name is Jesus. The one who rose from the dead. And that's why his presence is so important. Yes, we don't see him walking around, but his promise was that his spirit would be given to those who believe and is active in and amongst his people. That was weird. That's that was his presence. <laughs> all right. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, all right. Um, Amen. All right. (laughs) His presence is is important here in this world. All right. Let's go to the second one. All right. The second one is this, that in uh, three truths for in our anger and confused moments is this. Number two, um, the glory. Uh, This comes from Job chapter 14, verse 7. These words were read. uh, For there is hope for a tree. It will be cut down Uh, that it will sprout again, and that its shoots will not cease. Job, in his anger and in his confusion of the pain and suffering that he is in, notices, uh, looks around, and he notices that there's a tree. And he says that there is hope for a tree, uh, using it as a metaphor, and if we have anybody here who's good with plants and vegetation and all that sort of stuff, you understand this concept. You understand that, that one of the great paradoxes of biological life is that the vitality and productivity of a plant requires this action of pruning. You know what this is, Right? There needs to be a laceration, stress that is put on a plant for it to grow more. That if you just let it be, eventually it will not bear any more fruit. And, and certainly, this is a very uh, careful thing that you have to take on. I don't have a green thumb, my wife doesn't as well, so our plants are in big trouble. And we have, uh, this is the second year of us working on the plants in our front yard, and it was like this big deal when I'm standing out there with the clippers, and I'm like, Gretchen, do you think I should cut it right here or right here, or should we just leave it? You know? And it was this moment of that we're in this place of that I know that this needs to happen, but I don't want to ruin it. I don't wanna kill it. But we understand that in pain and suffering, for growth to happen, there needs to be glory. There needs to be pruning, and what that means is is that there needs to that pruning brings weight. It brings a thickerness to the to the plant, provides more glory to it. That's what the word glory means. Is is weight. And so there's this interesting tie here of that suffering seems to produce more weight. It brings more glory. You see this throughout the scriptures. In fact, in the Bible, it says it this way, one spot in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, so we do not lose heart Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. What the Bible would continually point out to us is that in our suffering, God is working in that as well. It's bringing more weight. It's bringing more glory. And you and I get this because we see it all the time in our relationships. Think about the relationships that you have. There's a fine line here. I get this. But, but in healthy relationships, you will go through difficult times challenging moments, and it's in those very things that we see God working in them. They bring more weight and glory, but at the same time, we need to be careful because there's a fine line between pruning something and killing something, which leads to the third thing here the third piece that job will point out a truth that we need to hold on to in the midst of confusion and anger in our suffering is the resurrection and i love these words from job 14:14 14, 14. job gets to this place in his life of where he is asking these larger questions, and then this question comes out, which is so important to ask. If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my service I would wait till my renewal should come. Job says, if man dies, can he live again? And I love how Job responds immediately by saying that all the days of my service, I will wait. Wait for this resurrection. See, if God is as great as I know he is, and therefore his love is as great as I know it has to be, he will someday call me and I will be restored. The hope of Christianity is found in the resurrection. There's something more to come as well. And what's interesting is that I've found that sometimes we look at the resurrection as this like paradise to come. Can't wait for heaven. It's gonna be like sitting on the beach in Hawaii with a pineapple drink. You know, and just relaxing 75 degrees and just a light breeze, you know I think for some of us we view this resurrection, this as some kind of paradise to come. But what's interesting is that the Bible would say, "Yeah, close, but actually it's more like a restoration, things being brought back to how they are supposed to be. This is just a beautiful quote from a guy named Tim Keller. He says this, the Bible doesn't promise consolation for the life you've always wanted, it promises restoration of the life you've always wanted. The New Testament through Jesus Christ does promise resurrection, which is a new heavens and a new earth, a new material creation, the restoration of ordinary life, Embracing, eating, and dancing real life. And this is why I love this quote. Resurrection means everything sad that has happened to you will come untrue. Think about that for a second. The promise of the resurrection is that everything sad that has happened to you will come untrue. The resurrection, Jesus' resurrection, at at that moment on Easter Sunday, it's as if Job's question would have been heard for centuries. If man dies, will he rise again? And on that Easter Sunday, God's response is booming. It is yes. Yes. Yes, there will be a resurrection. And this is so important for us to cling and hold on to. It is the hope that we have. So looking at our boy Donald Davis and his understanding of pain, I do like the quote that pain can buy you a ticket to a place that you would never have gone any other way. But I will say that maybe when you hear this quote, you may think like, okay, well, all right, this sermon, all it is is I just got to find some some good friends who aren't going to try to explain a lot of things to me and Um, I just need to change my perspective on pain, that this is actually for good. I I don't want to minimize your pain. Pain always sucks. It, It is never anything that I would desire for anyone to go through. But I will say this. It is a reality of the world that we live in. You can't escape it. It will find you in all places and in ways that you never would have imagined. And so, my hope would be like Job's hope thousands of years ago, especially in our suffering that leaves us confused and angry, that we would cling to these three things, the presence of God. If you didn't get this, I want you to write this down, because maybe you don't need it today But there will be a time that it will come up and say, why in the world, and I would want this to click, that what I need is the presence of God above all things. What I need is the glory of God, remembering that Jesus, thousands of years ago, to bring more weight to the relationship, died on a cross. And lastly, the resurrection of God, that he rose again from the dead, and his promise is this. That everything sad that has happened is coming untrue. Because that's the hope that our God brings. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are a God who works in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our suffering. And God, it's such a huge promise. That the hope of your resurrection is that you are making everything that is broken and sad untrue. And I pray, God, that we would be so bold to just let people into that in our lives, that we would be willing to offer that to you, and that we would be reminded of the truths that come because of what you have done. I'm not pretending that this is an easy task. It was not easy for Job thousands of years ago. And God, here today, in the midst of busyness, in the midst of just going through the flow of life, and maybe in the midst of of the seasons of where we're just looking at the larger picture, may we be reminded of those things, that you're present, that your glory is in it, And that ultimately your resurrection brings hope and joy. It's in Jesus' name, amen.